Hey, welcome to Connection Over Coffee with me, Phil McAuliffe, the loneliness guy. Today we're having a chat about the gift of loneliness with my friend Steve Seidel. Say hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. (laughs) Uh, That's probably not what you... (laughs) You've you've thrown me. You've thrown me. This episode... Hi, everybody. This episode is all about destigmatizing loneliness and promoting authentic connection for gay men globally. It contains content relating to the mental, emotional, and physical well-being of gay men. If that's going to offend you or anyone in earshot, now's the time to move on. I'm going to go get the coffee sorted, so how about you and Steve find us a table and I'll be right with you. Here we go. If this is the first episode uh, that you've joined me for uh, for Connection Over Coffee, I want to say hi and welcome and just want to take a moment to recognise the bravery as a gay man who ha- is experiencing loneliness uh, and the bravery that you have shown um, by simply pressing play on this episode. So whether you're listening via the podcast or watching on YouTube, I want to recognize that bravery because we that there, there's such a stigma around loneliness that we can feel like we're a failed human or any other kind of negative, awful, yucky feeling within us that makes us resist uh, wanting to engage on the thoughts and feelings of loneliness. So the mere act of you pressing play deserves recognition and I'm so glad that you're here and I'm really proud of you. And if you're a welcome, uh, if you're a welcome, if you're a return listener, return viewer, a huge welcome back. It's so awesome that you're here. And whether you're a first time listener or a return listener, we're going to have, I just know, a great conversation with Steve um, about the gift of loneliness uh, as we lead up to Christmas. And this being the last episode of uh, the of, of Connection Over Coffee with the Loneliness Guy for 2020. I before we jump in, I want to say a huge thank you to you, my audience, wherever you are in the world, for being you, for being here and engaging with my work, whether that's through my blog at the Loneliness Guy uh, or LonelinessGuy.com. Um, uh, or through the podcast, engaging on social media, however you're choosing to to engage with my work, I want to say a huge thank you. And I want to say thank you to all my guests before um, uh, before uh, I, I know that I'll forget at the end of this episode. Um, and uh, say say thank you in advance to to my guests, just in case I forget to say it at the end. But Steve. This whole episode, right, uh, is about the gift of loneliness as we're coming up to Christmas. And as I said off um, off air, 
that you know the thoughts and feelings of Christmas are you know such that we 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 can feel the burden of expectation that we need to live up to you know the hallmark um, version of Christmas. We need to you know all those Netflix movies where you know things come together right at the end and everyone has a happy joyous Christmas and you know fires are burning, chestnuts roasting, etc. etc. Which makes no sense when you live in the southern hemisphere. Let's just say where it's summer. But, um, yeah, so there, there's a whole heap of burdens around Christmas that we should, we should, we should, we should. We're going to dig into those shoulds, but I want to hear from you. Who are you, Steve? Uh, and what do you do? So I am Dusty. And uh, <laughs> so, first of all, I want to say thank you. I didn't realize I was going to be the last guest for 2020. Yeah, yeah. That is quite an honor since a- 2020 has gone on for about 13, 14 years now. <laughs> it still feels like March. Um, it's still March, right? My God, it just won't end. <laughs> I remember the good old days of Tiger King and back when the <laughs> pandemic and staying in our house was still a novelty. And it was like, oh my God, we're staying at home and we get to drink and watch trashy Netflix. And now it's like, just can this be over? <laughs> Uh, But Mm. I am, so I've been in the health and wellness industry for 20 plus years, uh, which clearly means I started when I was like five. Um, I've been a cycling instructor for 20 plus years. Um, I managed the health and wellness department for a YMCA in Chicago. Um, And then about four years ago, I said, I'm going to be a flight attendant because I always wanted to be one since I was 12 years old. And I fooled an airline into hiring me. (laughs) Um, But now, because of COVID, I've been furloughed. So I'm getting back into the one constant thing I've always had in my life. And that's my uh, faith in and love of the health and wellness industry. Uh, There's so many people that can benefit from it. And I love watching people make transformations and change their lives through just taking care of themselves a little bit better. So that's kind of what I do. Yeah. And and listener, viewer, if you don't follow Steve, we'll get into, um, uh, you know, where you can find him at the the end. But make sure that you do follow him on, uh, on social media. His content is always thought-provoking, always entertaining. And one of the things I love most about Steve um, is that he is as much about coffee and the importance of coffee as I am. Uh, and and so, you know, there's, there's often content about, uh, you know, Steve and coffee. And we know, Steve, that, you know, connection happens uh, over coffee, right? Um, or, or, you know, a nice warm beverage. So... And that's that's essentially how we've connected, isn't it, over over social media? It is, it is. And if you want to spend the rest of this interview just saying nice things about me, I'm just I'm loving it so far. So. <laughs> Keep going. Good. Keep going. No, no, I've decided to be extra special kind to you um, for this chat. Oh, be you know great. the the you know the, the the dustiness and 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 all of that of of you know. Of, of your just son. be kind you don't need to wear the kid gloves but <laughs> <laughs> no i think one thing so steve 
We've we've had you know in in preparing for this this chat over the last last few days and indeed over the past weeks, you know we've been thinking you know uh, of you know the 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 gift that is loneliness and and listener viewer I need to say this like the whole gift of loneliness idea came in my mind when I wrote a blog post for Steve on loneliness back, I want to say like August, September or something like that, that you published on your blog. Um, and I, um, the last paragraph in that, uh, um, in that blog post was all about, you know, you mightn't want it and it feels like it's wrapped in shit, but the loneliness that you're feeling is a gift. Uh, and that, that thought has been a regular, a recurring theme through my work at The Loneliness Guy all through 2020. Um, and no one wants it. No one wants to feel loneliness. No one wants to wrestle with their loneliness. No one wants, you know, it, it, it's it's the gift that nobody wants. And being Christmas, I have developed this kind of, you know, imagery. And I'm looking at a Christmas tree now where, you know, down the back in the corner where it's all like collect, like dust bunnies and, you know, poorly wrapped. Um, not your house, Steve. But <laughs> you just can't see it. <laughs> yeah. No judgment if there is. But, you know, in that really, you know, cobwebs, all that kind of stuff is like the gift that might have been under Christmas trees for years past. But this Christmas is... Unique. It's very different in our lifetimes where, you know, depending on where you are in the world, regular Christmases that we're used to um, might, be, uh, might be a memory, uh, might be a feel like a distant and uncomfortable memory uh, compared to the reality that we're experiencing right now. But working through that whole gift of loneliness perspective angle um, you know, now this, this is the season, this is the Christmas to reach in behind uh, and uh, with kindness, self-love, etc. Opening, accepting and opening that present. So let's do that together and let's have a chat with Steve uh, about that. Steve, how do you how do you accept your loneliness when it comes calling? Well, first of all, I don't answer that. no. How do I accept loneliness? I just I feel like it's just um, I guess over the years it's something I've learned to just sort of sit with, if that makes any sense instead of trying to, um, I think you even said it in that post that you wrote for me, how we, we always just, there's so many things we try to do to distract us from that mm. feeling of loneliness, whether mm. it's work, food, alcohol, drugs, sex, any combination of those, whatever it takes to distract us from that, that feeling, that, that, that shit feeling that, we feel lonely. So I think just learning how to sort of sit with it and be okay with it and maybe play around with it a little bit and dig around with 
why do I feel this way? What's going on? So, so learning to sit with it and learning to play with it a little bit and, and discovering a little bit more about ourselves as to why we feel that way. How, how do you, how do you sit with it? And specifically, like I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing there, how do you sit with it? How do I sit with it? Um, uncomfortably. I mean, it's not something that, I mean, the tendency is always there to pick up the phone and start scrolling or, or go to the kitchen and find something to eat or whatever it is. So I don't know. How do I sit with it? I just, can you hear that? Is that? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> ah! I don't know what's happening. Um, I think the radiator's getting ready to blow up. Um, just, just learning to sort of sit and be okay with it and not constantly feeling the need to, to distract myself with whatever medium it is that's available. Mm. Mm. I, I think that's, that's a, it's a really important, it's a really important point, both in the asking of, uh, asking of, of the question, which I did, the answering of the question, um, which you did for you. But it's also, um, it goes to the point that, um, you know, it can be really, it's an easy thing to say. So much, it's, no, no, it's not an easy thing to say. It is an easier thing to say, to sit with it, allow it to be, etc., etc. Whatever, whatever the word's going to be, like to accept it, whatever we're going to say. But it's the doing of that, that where it actually gets quite. Uh, well, it gets hard. It gets really, really difficult because what that looks like is sort of amorphous ill-defined you kind of know it when you're in it but you're not really quite sure where it starts and i have the the visual imagery of a cloud here like you can see it but you know where exactly does the cloud start how does it start um you know and but you know when you're in the midst of it so so sitting with it allowing it to be etc you know that's actually well it's frankly the only advice that you can give but what that looks like is unique to the individual, right? Unique to the individual? Yes. Um, and I think, too, like we were saying, just exploring that space a little bit, explore, exploring that feeling a little bit. Like, so honestly, like probably you being a diplomat, and your feelings of loneliness around that, I think being a flight attendant was one of the loneliest experiences I've had. And even though I'm furloughed, I, I, I can't wait to go back to it. But, I mean, you're flying around in planes all day with strangers, and then you go to an empty hotel room in some strange city at night. And so you learn, I guess, to just sort of, I don't know. Maybe it's not so much sitting with it as it is learning to sort of become your own best friend. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I feel like you're going to ask another question of how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, becoming your own best friend goes to one of the points that goes all the way through my work, which is about connecting to yourself. Because, you know, it sounds trite, sounds, you know, something that we would find on, you know, the inside of a greeting card. But that is actually the key, I feel, like, very strongly and so much so that, you know, I've started The Loneliness Guy based on this, is that the connection that we need to others, to, to ideas, to concepts, to other people, to places, all start from when we feel connected to ourselves. And so, yeah, you can find yourself in an empty hotel room night after night after night after being surrounded by people who you don't know. And, you know, having, have, like, engaging with them, but it, it's the ascent, you know, can I get you something to drink? Can I, you know, um, you know chicken, beef? Peanuts. Uh, I mean, you worked for a. I don't know why the internet doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's it's hardly it's it's hardly the 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 experience, and I mean, we can we can extrapolate that to many other things that we do in life, many other occupations, uh, where you know the conversations we have so many conversations, but they're the same conversations, they're the same, and they never go below the surface. You know, and I'm sure, you know, it's a very rare thing that, you know, a passenger would go, you know what, Steve, you know, looking at your name tag. So, Steve, you know, how's your day been? You know, what, what, what's, what's frustrating you today? Like, no one does that, right? No. And No, they don't. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, you, yeah. And this, this goes to, to the, the, the 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 other point through my work of of like loneliness is not simply not only being alone and not being with loneliness is not solitude solitude can be a choice but loneliness you can be surrounded by 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 so many people but not have those kind of soul nourishing you're not feeling seen you're not feeling heard and you don't feel like you belong And I know you mentioned that too in, in one of your articles about what you just said. Loneliness doesn't mean you're alone necessarily. You can be surrounded by friends, acquaintances, family, loved ones. If you're not making those authentic connections, it's falling short. It's falling flat. Yeah. You're alone in a crowd of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking a little bit about what you were asking me earlier that I couldn't quite articulate. And and then you said that learning to be your own best friend is really the only way to sort of get around it and through it. And it reminded me of my favorite Peloton instructor um, because she will say, she'll be leading a cycling class and we're pushing hard and she'll, and, and she'll hit the nail on the head by saying, this isn't complicated, but I never said it wasn't going to be hard. So the concept is simple, right? Be your own best friend. Cool. How the do I do that? That's where <laughs> the work, that's where the work comes in and that's where it gets hard. So yeah. we never said it was not, we never said it was 
complicated. It's it's simple, but it's hard at the same time. So yeah, I'm just noting that down for the the soundbite on the promos because um, that is so true. That is so true, and where we have those those kind of and it's it can be really frustrating. It can be really 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 frustrating to receive the advice of you know. When, when you go, you know what, I'm actually feeling really shit within myself. Like I'm feeling like, you know, a, a whole lot of lack of worth, lack of value, lack of, um, you know, lack of, you know, an abundance of lack. <laughs> um, and just feeling generally bleh about myself. And someone on the internet, someone on a podcast, someone in, on YouTube, someone, you know, a friend, a well-meaning friend, um, you know, who goes, oh, well, just sit with it. You want to smash the them lid. about the head, right? The, the lid on your Snapple or the tea bag from your Yogi tea, like it'll all say that same thing. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. But it's true. It's true, but I and and what I love just about what you what you shared there, Steve, is that yes, it's true, but it doesn't mean it's not complicated. Sorry, it's not complicated, but it doesn't mean it's easy to do. And so then, going further to that point, I think, without oversimplifying it or trying to give a fix-all or a remedy, I think that's a place to start looking at okay, so I, I, I have feelings of unworthiness or feelings of loneliness or whatever it is I'm feeling. What am I doing? What am I doing to feed myself? Not with food, but what am I, do, what am I doing to feed myself? What am I doing to feed my soul? Um, mm, what was I going to say? Uh, I, I always used to tell clients, like, you pretty much have two choices. You have a goal and you're either moving towards it or you're moving farther away from it. And so if your goal is to feel more fulfilled and more connected, what are the things that you're doing to get to that point? You know, if it's sitting around in your hotel room, binge eating and crying, that's okay. That's not really getting you towards, like what can you do to yourself to nourish your mind and your spirit and your body that helps you feel better about who you are so you can interact with people in a more authentic way. Yeah. 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 And again, you know, so simple to say, uh, that's a lifetime, <laughs> a lifetime there of, of getting, getting to that, that place. And, and, you know, and, and, and I say that very deliberately that it is a lifetime because it's not, it's not it's, do it once and, and right. Then done. Drop the mic. Or I'm I'm out. The work the work is never done. The no. work is never done. As yeah. long as we're alive, there's work to be done. Yeah, yeah, right. And on coming coming back to you know accepting the gift of loneliness. Um, I was speaking yesterday uh, with with Jeff, um, and he like I was saying, oh, you know, I think I might do a video um, on my social media. And because I, I realized that, you know, in scrolling through my Instagram um, at the underscore loneliness underscore guy, if, if you don't already follow me, what the hell are you doing? But 
like I realized there that there's lots of photos there of me, you know, and, and, you know, I got a a friend to take some professional photos of me and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking good, um, feeling good, looking good in that. Um, I don't normally look like that. Uh, let's just say, um, but also there's lots of photos of Jeff and me, um, uh, in, in my social media feed. And, you know, if like the, I'm going to get into this in in future content, so hold your horses. Um, but you know the um, having ha- feeling lonely and scrolling through social media. You know we play the comparison game, and Jesse Elkins and I talked about comparisons can actually be uh, a a tool of connection as well. But you can look through my social media and go, Phil, like, why is it, why the hell is he lonely? Like, you know, he's got an awesome partner. Like, you know, he, he, you know, he's, he's fit. He's whatever he, whatever he is. Like I'm actually tanned in that photo. It was taken at the end of last summer. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm sure my friend did a little bit of Photoshopping or, or, or something like that, but yeah, it, like uh, I'm, I'm, you know, you can scroll through there, and it looks like, you know, you, I'm, I, I am showing you a highlight reel. I'm showing you some images that will get gay eyes to stop scrolling and engage on the thoughts and feelings of loneliness and get th- um, uh, help and support on on loneliness. But that that thought occurred to me, and then I thought, right, you know, this is actually all of this, all of this. Steve, how I met you, how I met Jeff, how I engage, how I set up two websites on loneliness, two podcasts, um, how I came to accept my sexuality uh, and come out as gay and end a fantastic uh, 20-year relationship with a woman uh, where I was married for 16 and a half years, two kids, um, you know, who I, you know, love and adore and it's a joy to see them work out who they are and help them put themselves into the world. Like all of this stuff, all of this stuff came from when I accepted my loneliness. And I, you know, and, and working to be that kind of um, authentic me as scary fucking scary was as scary as fuck as the kids say um and uh and i so desperately did not want to open my gift of loneliness like spent years years denying it but then actually doing going huh i think i kind of sort of might be lonely giving myself an awful lot of wriggle room there to to you know say it is an option not necessarily the option but when we accept the gift of loneliness and then start to sit with it, you know, it sounding simple, picking up on Steve's point there, it sound, it's not complicated, but fuck, it's hard. <laughs> like, it's really hard to do it. Um, we then start to get the connection to self, to others and to the world um, outside, like to our communities, that we need as humans. So, Steve, what would you what would you recommend, like, in getting 
you know, in, in beginning the sit with it? What, what are your thoughts, you know, of like, all right, so someone finds loneliness, the, the, the badly wrapped present, you know, covered in dust bunnies and cobwebs uh, at the back of the tree that may have been there for a little while. It probably, you know, stinks a little bit. There's flies around it. But it's time they've people, you know, the, the listener has been brave uh, and courageous, accepted it, started to open it. And begins to to look at it and acknowledge it. What 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 do you say then to to do next? Uh, so while you were saying all of that about being lonely and and starting to deal with it, the only thing I could keep thinking in my head is this. So when you've opened that gift of loneliness, you've opened the gift of the start of the process of becoming who you truly are. Because, again, I, I don't know how to quite articulate it, but it's just like you're, you're fighting loneliness, but really you're, you're learning to become your authentic self. Do you know what I mean? Like you were, you were talking about feelings of loneliness when you were married, and it was a you. From what I understand, it was a great relationship, but it wasn't authentic. It was it was predicated on a false notion that you weren't gay. Mm. So, right? Am I am I somewhere in the ballpark on that? So, I think that that gift of loneliness is the opportunity to start looking inside and saying, okay, well, who am I? How, how, how do I show up in the world right now? And is that genuine and real? And I think unless if you're just running around blowing smoke up everyone's ass, trying to be who you think they want you to be, you're never going to have those genuine connections that defeat that feeling of loneliness. Yeah. Yeah, very well put. Very well put. When we when we think uh, that when when we have to remember our character, when we have to remember our lines. And Steve, I know you're a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy, so you know, let's just dig into that a little bit. <laughs> um, but you know, when when you know you you have to remember that you you know looking you know looking at you using using you as a as an example steve like you know flight attendant you know being employed by an airline like you're you're you know you're you're steve in the fact that does it say steve or steven on your name badge i think it says dusty yeah (laughs) (laughs) speak slowly I think it says Steve. I don't know. I haven't looked at my name tag since March. Like that's how long it's been. <laughs> sometimes, but. sometimes name tags can be useful, and and you know when I'm at work, sometimes I put, I put mine upside down so I can look down and see you know my name. Who am uh, I? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's the point. Like when you when you realize that you have to be, or you've gotten yourself. And you feel you've gotten yourself into a position, and you feel that you need to remember who you're supposed to be in different circumstances in life. 
So, Steve, you might, you know, adopt a, a, you know, put a mask on, adopt a persona, you know, suit up and enter into the character of, you know, the flight attendant. And I think I've said to this, said this to you before, Steve, that, you know, you have an awesome voice for making cabin announcements, you know. And, and you know, I, I would feel instantly calm and reassured and I would look forward to, you know, getting some fantastic service on my flight. Um, but, you know, when we enter into those um, kind of life situations and we feel that we need to remember like, okay, well, I'm about to walk into work. Who do I need to be? Oh, right, right. Entering into that character. Or I'm going home, or uh, and and being with family, so you know parents, or being you know with high school friends, and being with university, or or you might call it college friends, or um, you know all these kind of you know we we put on we wear different characters, uh, and it gets really complicated because in that process, which we just all do, which we all do, and I'm hearing complication as, as a bit of a theme through this, this chat, Steve. But when we do that, when we do that, and if we don't do it mindfully, and generally none of us does it mindfully because we do it in our adolescence and through our 20s and 30s, we suddenly have the realisation like, who the fuck am I? Like, I, I'm, I'm playing all these characters, but, you know, who is, who is Meredith Grey? <laughs> oh, my God. So, I started binge-watching. I had never watched it, and I started binge-watching it during the pandemic or during whatever, during not working and everything else. And I was like, oh, this is good. And I watched her character develop, actually, over the 16 seasons that I've watched. And I was like, wait a minute, what happened to Meredith Grey? Like, she's matured so much. Like, she's found her voice. She's found who she is. But going back to what you say about wearing masks and showing up differently wherever we are as gay men, that's very much... That, that's, that's... It's not been drilled into us. I don't want to say people outside of us told us that's what we need to do. But we learned, I feel like, we learned yes. how to do that as a survival mechanism growing yes. up. Yes. You learn to read a room like that and go, okay, this is what I need to do not to get the shit beat out of me or yep. whatever it is. Yep, yep, absolutely. And that never really goes away without lots of concentrated inward-looking work, I feel like. I still do it to a certain extent because um, my dad lives way out in western Colorado and it's very conservative out there Yep, like very conservative and while I still remain true to myself I do rein it in a little bit maybe I don't show them the whole me you know and what you were saying earlier about wearing masks and stuff like that, I think, I think at a certain point you can, you can be authentic. And then, then, and then there's a, a spectrum of your authenticity based on kind of what your, what your role is. Like, this is me drunk at a bar. This is me at work. So it's a little bit different version, but I still think it can be the true authentic version of you. Yeah. But Lord Jesus knows years ago, I used to try to pretend to be straight somewhere else and somewhere else not. And that's, that's, that's 
putting on a different mask for each scenario. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like I said, I think that's, it's a survival mechanism that we instinct instinctively acquired. Yeah. Yeah. It developed, um, you know, and, and perhaps out of, out of necessity, not perhaps out of necessity, definitely out of necessity. Is this safe? Um, can I be me in in this situation? Right. Um, and and I don't think that that's there's there's certainly many characteristics that are unique to um, the gay adolescent experience, but I think it's part of the adolescent experience generally. Like we all did that for um, sure. And and you know being able like you know can I be me? So, because you know, adolescence is all about fitting in, and 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 this is something that that I I explored in um, episode eighteen of Connection Over Coffee, you know, on friendship, and what does it mean to be a friend, and how we learn to to um, make and keep friends uh, from when we were an adolescent, because that was the whole point of that's one of the whole reasons of adolescence is is learning how to get love and support from outside of the family unit. Um, right, but at the, at the end, like we always come back and we have to pay the piper, um, and uh, and and we are our own piper. And if we're not being who we are, we need like um, uh, there there it will spring back, and it will feel at times like you know the snapping back of an elastic and uh, of a rubber band around our wrist, um, and it will sting. It will really hurt. And other times, it can be a gentle rapping at the door. It can be that dusty, dust bunny, dust bunny covered present under the Christmas tree that is uh, an uncomfortable reminder that, sure, you might be successful. You might have all the money in the world. You might have the best house. You might have, you know, the holidays. You might be, you know, one of those those people on social media who is constantly posting, and you know, one week on the Greek islands, and then the next you're on, you know, uh, Ibiza, or you know, the next you're in Cancun, and then the next you're at the Swiss you know, Alps. Yeah, the Swiss Alps. You know, for a spot of skiing, um, and you know, then you you know, at the Great Barrier Reef, and uh, you know, touring the wonderful country of Australia, which everyone is going to be doing post pandemic, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, um, you know, wherever, like, you know, oh, hi, you know, felt cute, might delete later or, you know, just woke up like this. You're, you're that guy who's posting, posting all of those. And you've got tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers and, you know, the great car, like you're living the life. And even if you're not like that guy and you're, you're, you know, surrounded like you've got lots of people in your life or whatever but something that there's, there's an emptiness there's a void within you um and you're not feeling that you belong to yourself everything around you feels fake um perhaps that's loneliness and not being authentic authentically yourself so what i what i started thinking about while you were talking about all that is it like if you're if you're the person that 
is posting your picture here and of this and you're doing well in business and you're doing well in this and that and the other thing what i started thinking about is that 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 wheel of life that you fill out if you're if you've ever i know you've had a a uh, a life coach before mm. has sort of gotten you through some of this stuff. Um, so I'm sure you've probably seen the wheel of life, but it, it gives you the opportunity to rate all the different areas in your life, like relationship, business, uh, fun, joy, happiness, whatever. Yep. And what you'll see so often. And what I, what I was seeing when you were saying that is their wheel of life being completely skewed with high ratings in business and success and all that stuff. But then low ratings, lower numbers in uh, personal fulfillment, relationships, stuff like that. And the whole goal of that is to sort of balance it all out so that you're not at a 10 on business and a 1 on relationships. Maybe you're at like a, a 7 and a 6 or you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, I have done that exercise uh, as part of the, the coaching program um, that I did with Mike Campbell and do with Mike now for for guys. Um, and listener viewer, there's there's links on my site um, to access that. Um, uh, so it's it's the. Uh, um, what every- did it reveal to you the first time you did it? Well, the first time I did it was was yeah it was it was around social, um, and uh, and and um, essentially connection yeah that like being me so yeah you know i I had um you know i I was working in a job like that i'd wanted to do um since i was 14 like rather like you being being a flight attendant um you beat me by two years um uh and uh you know and and was doing it twice like doing it for the second time and the first time was amazing and i was doing it in vietnam and it was amazing, and and then doing it um, a few years later in Korea, and it was absolutely fantastic. But it was not as fulfilling. I did not like. I kind of felt like I was just going through the motions, um, and which was not doing me the service that I needed, nor was it doing my country the service that it needed. Anyone else? Yeah, but. Uh, and then, ironically, like I remember, Steve, I remember being so shit scared, so shit scared. And I'm sure, you know, Mike, if he's listening, um, that he he will remember this. Uh, um, you know, I'm like, no, you know what? I'm like, oh, kind of, I'm I'm kind of important. I'm kind of important. And this is this is me. This is ab- like listener viewer, Steve. This is me refusing the gift of my loneliness. It's like. And I remember, like, Mike called me forward. And he's like, you know, I think, you know, you can do this. Like, you can, it feels like you're stepping off a cliff. But, you know, like, I'm right here. I'm right here. We can do this. And I remember, and, and, and I kind of, what's the guy Ron from from Anchorman? Um, you know, I, I kind of sound, feel like I sounded like him. It's like, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. Um you know, on burgundy there we, go. <laughs> there we go you know kind of a big deal um and you know i i you know i i don't i how's this i don't have the luxury to be me you know i'm right. i'm i'm australia like i need to be who 
other people think an Australian diplomat must be like in every situation and including in my personal life, including in my personal life, um, almost especially in my personal life. And I was terrified. I'm like, you know what, Mike, when he called me, like literally on the phone, he called me forward. And I said, you know, oh, look, if there's, if there's a book that, that, you know, or, you know, I know it's like, can I make a, um, uh, uh, you know, can I give some money? Essentially, like, can I buy my way to feeling better and not having to do the work? And he saw through my bullshit. And I see this bullshit all the time. And I can call, on, call it because I'm like, hang on, that's something I would say. That's something I said. And it was bullshit. So I'm calling bullshit on that. It's funny. I'm looking through my notes and I didn't write it in my notes. And yes, that's what kind of day I'm having. I didn't come to this unprepared. I was like, you better write some notes. Stick it to your ring light. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't write it down. But you said that in, in that piece that you wrote for me was there is no shortcut to it. No. You, it's like it's like an Alanis Morissette said in one of her songs, the only way out is through. Like, you can't buy it, snort it, drink it. Like, you just have to do it. Yep, yep. What is it? It's, it's, it sucks, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, there's... Is it, like, rock of my soul? Like, so high, can't get over it. So low, can't get under it. So wide, can't get round it. I'm not going to sing. Like, I'm just going to spare everyone that, that I awkwardness. I feel like you're getting ready to. Uh, I'm waiting for you to break out. <laughs> I have a microphone, let's say. So, but but it's, I, and it's I rock very interesting. It's interesting to what you were saying, though, and I never thought about what you do as, as such. Like, I've never considered myself the face of the airline. I've never, I've never considered, like, I have to act like a flight attendant. But your job, inherently, that's what you're doing. You're representing your country, right? Yeah. I mean, I know. so I that's know. a lot of pressure to act like something that you think you should be acting like. How does an Australian, how do I represent my people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The awesome country. Um, and, Interesting. And, and how, and, and not only that, like, you know, hi, I'm Phil. I'm a high achiever. I um, and I, I write on on and 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 speak on all of this on the Lonely Diplomat. If anyone's you know if 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 you listener and viewer are, are interested, uh, lonelydiplomat.com. But you know, like, sorry, I just caught myself there. I was about to um, play myself down. Like, I'm smart. Like, I'm curious. Like, I I'm great at my job, and I became better at my job when I went through my loneliness, when I went through my sources of shame, including, including my sexuality. And that was an enormous fucking huge, like bleh, shame swamp with full of like, I thought monsters and things that would suck me down into the mud and I would never return. And of course, if right. I, if I, if I, you know, I read a book, if I had listened to a podcast, you know, read a book, closed it and go, okay, right. Okay. I'm going to start walking into the shame swamp. I am going to, like, if, if we do that, when we do that, 
we like fall into sinkholes, we get into quicksand, also like trip on roots, we, you know, um, all this kind of, you know, things like we will, we will get there in the end, but it would feel like such a harder slog. But if we do it with someone else, especially with our loneliness, the whole point of loneliness, Steve, the whole point of loneliness, listener, viewer, is to get connection. You work through your loneliness when you do it with someone else. Helping you, not leading you because it's your loneliness to work through, but someone with you, like standing next to you, working you helping you work through your loneliness and your loneliness swamp, knowing that they've got a guide. And when that happened with me, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, you know, pretend, Steve, that it was fucking, you know, unicorns and, you know, I don't know, like all it's the... Not. It's not. Oh, and it's still not. It's still not. It's fucking hard work and I really don't want to do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, always, always the connection that I need uh, to myself to those most important to me, having identified who is most important to me and why, and to my community. And community is also like how I show up in the world, like to my job. All of that kind of, it's like this this filter, like this fog filter going back to social media, like has been removed and I'm seeing the world in, in HD. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so, you know, for, for, if you listener, if you viewer, if you, Steve, uh, um, you know, kind of going, Oh God, I think there's this, this gift of loneliness at the, uh, under my Christmas tree and I'm really scared to open it. It's like, yep, yep. It's fucking scary. That the reason that you're scared is because it is scary. It is scary. And, and in, in the blog post, I talked about how, you know, the gift of loneliness can be akin to opening Pandora's box. And you open Pandora's box and all these ghouls and things come flying out of Pandora's box and go, Ooh, and so, yeah, it is scary. It is scary. Um, but, uh, you know, they will go. And at the bottom of that gift, using the fable of Pandora's box, is hope. And that I, I cannot begin to say how awesome that is when you get to that hope and i and and you know for some things like it took me a few years um to like get to my sexuality and and go okay all right did the easy things first but then got to got to the layer that was my sexuality. And I'm like, all right, I've got my team around me. I've got the skills. I've got all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. You're just like, Ugh. But, you know, then got to that layer. You don't do it all at once. And then once I, once I started going, okay, this is me. I'm unapologetically me. I started turning up in the world at work. Like I was petrified that I like me making changes to me would affect how I would do my work. Actually, people respond to me being me in a favorable way. And I actually became much better at my job when I rocked up to work 
and, you know, meetings with other countries' governments and other countries' governments' officials. Still, you know, I had the lapel pin of the Australian flag um, on, you know, and I, you know, still, you know, my business card had the, had the coat of arms on it and all that kind of stuff. I was still the Australian diplomat. I was still an Australian representative, but I was me. But you weren't setting off people's bullshit detectors anymore. Exactly. They realized they, realized they were dealing with you and not some version of you that you created based on someone else's idea of who you think you should have been. Yes. Yeah. And how, that, how do you interact with how do you interact with people that you know aren't genuine? You're just like eh. Yeah. Like yeah. there's there's not trust there and without trust it's whatever. Yeah. 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 Right. So Steve, what's your advice? What's your advice? Like, you know, and, and this, I, I, I realize that I've already asked this question uh, earlier in, in this chat, but, you know, how, how would you, um, in, in like, you know, sitting with the loneliness, going back to the sitting with the loneliness and, and going, fuck, I need to put my gumboots on, I need to put the waders on, um, and, right, is there a guidebook for, you know, Shame Swamp walking throughing, um, or, or whatever? Like, how, in the sitting with it, it's, you know, you sit with it for a moment, but then we've got to go do, right? Say that, say that, what was that last part? Yeah, yeah, so, no, there was a, a moment of wisdom there that, uh, that, that, that was very subtle. Um, so, the advice is to sit with your loneliness, but almost like it's it's sitting with your loneliness for essentially just a few moments. Because the sitting with the loneliness turns into, right, I need to engage with my loneliness. What's it trying to tell me? So, you know, the sitting is very passive. The working through the loneliness is active. We need to get active, actively working through our loneliness there. What's your advice to someone who, you know, is going, right, right. Phil and Steve's conversation, Phil's work is friggin' awesome. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready, sounding like SpongeBob there, um, uh, to, um, uh, to, 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 to not just read, to not just listen, to not just, you know, hit like on social media. I'm ready to do something. What's your advice? For, for, for doing my advice would be to figure out what it is you want to do does that make sense so again I think that's a simplistic answer but the work becomes hard what do you want to do who do you want to be how do you want to be and start looking at those things and, and reverse say okay so this this is what I want to do here I am right here what are the steps involved in bridging that gap how do I slowly like you did brought yourself to your authentic you how do you slowly start to do that how do you how do you start small enough that you have success to build upon too because I think what I heard earlier when you were saying when it it came time for your for you to deal with your layer of sexuality, 
you had already discovered through going through layers of other shit that you can do it and that you were successful and it didn't hurt you. It didn't kill you. It didn't destroy you. And so you learn through that, like, oh, actually, that was not bad. And now I'm on the other side of it and things are a little bit better. So I, I think I've sort of derailed a little bit, but no, that hardly. is feel like what, huh? Hardly, hardly derailed. Like you're okay. Very I sometimes, I, I sometimes, I sometimes think I have derailed, and I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> but your original question was, what, what, what do you do? And I think it is figuring out what it is you do for you, and then figuring out the steps to get there. It's always bridging that gap. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I think I, and, and again from my from my from my health and wellness world of working mm. in the gym, same sort of thing. You're 200 pounds. You want to be 150. What are the steps involved that's going to get you to that point? You it's not sitting around doing a mukbang and crying about the fact that you're not at this place. Yeah, you said that in a call that we had. Um, and, and with Michael DiOrio a few weeks ago, you, you said that to me, um, and, you know, working through, you know, one of the frustrations that I, you know, I was having and, you know, we were helping each other out and you're like, where are you? Like, you know, and, and, you know, you want to, you want to bench 200 pounds, uh, but you can only bench 120 now. Like, you know, sure. You can try and try and bench a hundred, 200 pounds, but it's going to crush you. Um, <laughs> so you I'm know, not going to be there for it. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, next week, you know, do a set of 125, and then two sets of 125, three sets, of, and then you know, slowly but surely, poco a poco, you 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 build it up as your strength develops. That's just another way of saying, like we've been saying this whole time, there's no easy fix. You can't. Buy it, smoke it, pill it, eat it, whatever. You have to do the work, whatever it is in yeah. your life. Whether it's you want to get better on the bench, you want to lose weight, you want to be less lonely, whatever it is, that that comfort or whatever it is is, is caused by uh, the discord between where you're at and where you want to be, right? And yeah. you can never... You can never bridge that gap with gimmicks bullshit. It's got to be, it's got to be work. And it's, it, like you were saying earlier, it can be scary and hard and frightening. And, and 30 days where you take two steps forward and then the next day you stay in bed with the covers over your head because you can't, you don't want to face it or whatever. So it's a slow process or it can be, and you have to honor that. And that's why I always tell people too, that, it's very important to take a look at your wins, like celebrate those no matter how small they are, because celebrating your victories is going to, is going to create a new like sort of path in your mind. That's like, Oh yeah, I actually can't, I am capable of doing things. I am capable of successes and wins and spilling shit all over my couch. So yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that that last one was very important. Uh, the more more stuff, you know. But do you know what I mean? Head. Like you can you can either can either you can either celebrate your wins or you can sit around all the time and go, shit, I'm still not there. I suck. And then that's how does that serve you? Does it? Mm. Probably not. Right? Uh, yeah, it, it can be. Um, it can you know either make you feel bad. It can make you feel bad and spur you into action as well. It's like, right, you know, and, and it's it's that the, the spur into action that we can get stuck in a in a numbing cycle. Uh, you know, that we try and snort it, we try and buy it, we try and fuck it, we try and um uh lift it, we try and travel it, you know, you know, we like so many people, you know, in, in twenty twenty, um, I don't know about in, in your you know, um, in your circles, Steve, and, and particularly for, for you as, you know, a, a furloughed flight attendant. But I think many of us are, are, are missing the, the, um, the travel this year, the, 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 the exploration and stuff. And there's that whole kind of, you know, travel, uh, travel angle of like, you know, you go for a trip and find yourself. It's like, okay, okay, that's great. Now, you know, you can still find yourself without going on the holiday, without the expense of, you know, hiking up to Machu Picchu um, and, you know, finding finding who you are and having that revelation, um, you know, while watching the sunrise, you know, over some idyllic part of the world. It's like, I don't know where you are in the world, listener um, and, and viewer, as much as it is for me here in Wellington and New Zealand, uh, and for Steve in Denver in the US, um, to, you know, the sun rises where you are too. <laughs> like, um, and, and, you know, you can still have that kind of epiphany um, of like, okay, things feel pretty shit. I need to do something about it where you are. You don't need to go somewhere. You don't need to hit, like, yeah, particularly on the, on that on that travel to to find yourself bit. I kind of I derailed then. I I went on a bit of a, a, a thought of consciousness. Um. <laughs> I think travel can show you different ways of living, yeah. though, and change your perspective and and broaden your horizons and your mind, which are all beneficial, but being trapped in for nine months, you can also watch some pretty documentaries and realize, holy shit, people in India like that or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, travel travel can be numbing. Like when you go to travel to avoid home, you like that's a key yeah. to are travel you, to avoiding are, who you are. Are you traveling to somewhere or are you traveling from something? Exactly. That's such a good point. Yeah. And I think, Steve, there was something that you said uh, a few minutes ago about the getting, you know, the, 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 the getting into action, the getting into action and, and the figuring out of, uh, uh, like, you know, what to do. And, and you've said a couple of times, and, and I know you say this through your work, it's just like, okay, what's the goal, you know, and, you know, making a decision that will either get you to that goal or further away from that goal. Like, what's it going to be, it, you know? At, at every choice, like, does this, does this take a step forward or a step away? Mm-hmm. And, and the word that you used there was, you know, who do you want to be? Um, and I, I just want to come back to that because I, I don't, I'm not quite sure 
uh, for me at least, in, in, um, when it comes to loneliness, that uh, rather than who do you want to be, I think we, we might, uh, it, it would serve us better to say, who are you? And take steps to that, to answer that question, not who do you want to be, because that could be a perpetuation of putting on masks. So in my little addled brain <laughs> this afternoon, I do what you're saying, what I meant by that, what mm. I meant by who, who do you want to be, I guess what I meant by that, what I, how I saw it in my head was who is, I, you edit this right so I don't look crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> So instead of saying, here's how I am right now, how, how do I, and here, here's the authentic me, how do I get to that? Yeah. Yeah. I just use the term, yeah. who do you want to be? Instead yeah. of how do I make steps towards becoming my authentic self, I guess. Yeah, no, and, and, and um, yeah, that was, uh, um, and that's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. If you know, getting getting to the goal with loneliness, I strongly contend, is actually getting back to you. Getting coming back yeah, to I, did, I didn't mean it to be like yeah. I, I I didn't mean it to be like who do you want to be? Like, um, Dolly Parton. Yeah. Okay, let's work on that. No, that's that's <laughs> not what I meant. Although we all could be a little dolly, you know, being nine to five and, you know, tapping away at a at a at a typewriter and um and stuff but uh so i think she's one of the most real authentic fake people she's so genuine in her like over the top fakeness right but she's so down to earth and genuine um the coach i work with actually we come up with you know when you're faced with something we've we've come up with what would dolly do like yeah. wwdd like what would what would her authentic person that she is do? Like, how do you? Yeah, what what would what would Dolly do? What's the most authentic thing you can do in this situation? Love it, and that's that's. I feel like another promo there. WWDD, um, and <laughs> and one of the the, the things that I wanted to add here uh, at this point in, in, you know, beginning to, uh, again, uh, you know, putting on the gumboots, the waiters, whatever it is, and going through, going through the, the, the swamp, going through your loneliness. Um, we can't try as we may, try as we may, we can't do it alone. And there's been a whole lot of content through 2020 on my podcast and in my blog about how we need to be brave, we need to be courageous, and the purpose of loneliness in engaging with loneliness, well, we need to be brave and courageous to engage with the thoughts and feelings of loneliness and accept them. And then we need to continue to be brave and courageous when we um, work through our loneliness. Uh, when we make the decision to work through it. And loneliness, when it comes like 
tin tax, brass tax, like absolute fundamentals is all about, it's telling you that you need connection in your life. That's all loneliness is. Everything that we build on beyond that is a story. Uh, and, you know, a, a um, we're projecting um, uh, uh, our, our, ourselves onto that feeling we're giving interpretations. Stripping it all back, it's simply just about getting connection. And to do that, to get connection, you need someone. You need others. And that's the scary thing that, that requires us to be vulnerable. Um, and vulnerability sounds awesome and we respond to vulnerability. We think it's, it's wonderful and inspiring. But when it comes to doing it ourselves, we deny ourselves our own vulnerability. Yeah, right. And then we, we end up um, uh, uh, doing everything to avoid being vulnerable. We snort it we we fuck it we travel it we you know work it we lift it whatever it is buy it yeah um and yeah but what we do need we need others we need others and that is the beautiful irony of loneliness it's delicious in its irony we have our loneliness but we don't we'll go through it alone and in not going through it alone we get the connection that we need so i don't know some something in what you just said reminded me of this and i know we we chatted a little bit before we got on this call and i don't know how to pronounce his name the guy from the university of chicago john uh Cacciapo, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when it comes to dealing with loneliness, it's what did he, so he said hunger. It it means our blood sugar is low. Thirst. We might be a little dehydrated. Uh, pain. There's potential for tissue damage. Loneliness. We need social connection. And he says denying that you feel lonely makes no more sense than denying that you feel hungry. Yep. And that's that's what you were just saying a minute ago, that loneliness just means it it's signaling to you that you need something and it's that you need connection. And then again, going back to what you said in the piece you wrote for me, it has to be for it to matter, for it to actually start to change the loneliness. That connection needs to be authentic. Because again, I have connection with, 500 people a day yep when i'm flying but that doesn't mean i'm not lonely yeah yeah because none of those conditions amount to anything they're they're authentic in what they are but yeah you know what i mean i'm gonna say as, as someone who has sat on a plane not worked on a plane i've i've sat on many planes in my time and but sure. it, but it is it is that 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 you know there is a choice there is a choice when, um, uh, like, and I, I'm thinking specifically, specifically, like I, I, I lived in, in Seoul and my job had me uh, responsible for South Korea and Japan. And so over three years, I did 20 trips um, to Tokyo. Uh, and there was a couple of times where I would leave for the airport and forget my passport because I forgot... Like it just felt like flying from like Canberra to Brisbane for a work trip. It was the same same distance, same 
length of flight or whatever and I'd get like a couple of stop, subway stops away I'm like shit <laughs> need to re- need to get off get my pa- come back get my passport um and cuz I'm flying internationally like like the what 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 becomes our normal uh is is sometimes a bit weird when we say it aloud but I for a few times there like each time I would fly Japan Airlines right and i am this is a very long story i'm sorry um but i i'm i'm intolerant not necessarily allergic in like the anaphylactic way to but to clams oysters mussels those kind of like shell things prawns i'm okay with but um but but like you know those kind of things everywhere in korean cooking everywhere in japanese cooking um there's a clam generally um and it's used as kind of like a, a stock particularly in soups um and oftentimes like i could be eating miso like drinking miso soup and it's got a clam in it or whatever and i'm like oh god that's going to be uncomfortable in a little while um and and stuff so anyway like i was sick of getting um uh meals on my plane on my flights um, and I couldn't tell if there was a clam or if it had been prepared with a clam. And I remember asking flight attendants, has this been? And they're like, oh, don't know. Don't know. Sorry. So I'd, I'd eat stuff out of packets that I like in, in denying myself the experience. Did a little bit of research and I right. realized that like kosher meals, kosher meals are like completely devoid, obviously, for kosher reasons uh of mussels and clams and oysters and all that kind of stuff so i'm like right that's it a way to connect with japan airlines flight attendants is to order a kosher meal because there's not a huge jewish population in japan and um uh, it was a very interesting, like I had the best conversations on some flights back to Australia, flights to and from Japan, um, when I was ordering kosher meals because it was so completely strange. And I'm sure that like a few years on now, that those flight attendants, if they're still flying and still with the airline, are remembering some guy with a beard who was Australian um, who was ordering these kosher meals um, because I actually would like go to the galley have a bit of a chat um with them and it was it was an opportunity to connect and they weren't just bringing yeah. me bringing me something and and i'm sure steve you you're thinking right now of those those opportunity like when someone came and asked you for help um or you had to give help and it was an opportunity to actually see that person be with that person to feel that that connection beyond the me interaction and uh, and the whole point of that story and thank you for bearing with me listener viewer and steve is that when we when we choose to be more present in a situation we can use that as an opportunity to connect um so it can turn from you know drink you know can i get you a soft drink coffee tea pretzels uh, into an opportunity to actually have a spend a few moments being there with someone. It's not. I, I think that's a. I think that's not something you can do with every passenger on the plane, and not everyone wants it. But that was always sort of my goal: was to connect 
with at least one person on each flight, if not like a row of ladies who are traveling somewhere to celebrate something or whatever it is. Once you find out what it is, people want to talk about their shit. And I remember one time we were flying from Chicago to Seattle and it was some of the worst turbulence that I've ever had. We were seated most of the flight and there was a woman, I was facing the cabin and there was a woman about three rows in, into the cabin in the middle seat, just terrified, just crying. And I was like, I've got to like connect with her somehow. And I went and talked to her when we were able to get up and it was just, it was very interesting to actually be able to be that person for someone um, to mm -hmm. have an authentic experience like that on the plane. I would sneak her gummy bears and sneak her Kleenex so that not everyone around knew that she was terrified. Yeah. And, and yeah. my God, the thank that she gave me when she got off that flight, whatever, I don't yeah. know. I don't, this is probably not even relevant to this conversation, but. No, no, well, I'm, I'm saying, you know, hi, I'm, I'm allergic to clams and mussels. I think I opened the, like I opened the, the space well, there. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 it is see like it's so it's it's such a pertinent example it's such a pertinent example but it's so yeah but so in that moment she didn't feel lonely yeah. like you were saying earlier she felt seen and heard and acknowledged yep and that for that for that two three hour flight yep. whatever it is maybe she didn't feel completely alone in that plane full of people because there was one person who was hearing her and paying attention to what it was she needed. Yep, yep. And I want to come back to uh, to uh, another point that completely resonated with me. Like, you know, on a, you know, 120, 150 passengers on a plane, you don't need to connect with every single one. It's like you connect with, with you know, someone and, you know, that, that row of ladies going to Vegas for a, for a weekend um, or, you know, whoever it is, whoever it is, whatever it is, like you, you connecting with Somebody. someone. Yeah. Um, and, and that to me, and even through my work at The Loneliness Guy, um, you know, when I do get messages um, from you, my audience, saying that this is really, you know, thank you so much, like, that I love that. I love that because it, it does, you know, it is it is a weird thing. Like speaking speaking like this or writing and, and things and knowing that this is connecting with someone on a level and then hearing it back. It's a beautiful thing. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. And and, mm. and I hope that others get the warm fuzzies that I do um, from from that moment of connection. Um, and there is something, and, and knowing that we have to, to, to wind this up, um, but in, in doing the loneliness, in working through your, your loneliness, one, I would love it if you could, uh, if you would consider um, becoming a premium subscriber of The Loneliness Guy um, for $9.95 Australian dollars a month, um, which is about $6.50 US a month. Um, uh, coming and uh, beco becoming a premium subscriber of The Loneliness Guy. Uh, and with that, you get access to a private Facebook group or, or, or a, a group um, on, on Facebook that is private. Um, and we just chat and like I, I, you know, engage with 
the members uh, in a more real way and it's a safe space online um, where we can engage with the thoughts and feelings and celebrate, as Steve said, those little wins. The, you know, I was, reach, I was feeling lonely uh, and, you know, just picked up the phone and called someone. Didn't make a time and they were thrilled and I was, that, that I called and I was thrilled that I called as well, etc. Those little wins, those little wins are celebrated. Um, the frustrations are shared um, and connection happens in that little group. And viewer, listener, especially if you are a, a, a frequent um uh, consumer of my work, I would love for you to take the next step. The invitation is always there for you to take the next step and to begin in a more active way to work through those sorts and feelings of loneliness, getting the support that you need. And I know that you would give the support to others as they work through the thoughts and feelings of their loneliness too. So um, that's the standing invitation there. Steve, how are you going to be spending Christmas this year? Honestly, I haven't given it that much thought. This will be one of the first Christmases that I'm actually not working. Like, usually holidays for me means I'm working. I don't have to think about how I'm going to show up to the holidays with high expectations and whatever, all of that stuff. Um, my dad and my brother live about four hours west of me so most likely i will probably take a little road trip up there have a little dinner um, dad lives near a ski resort maybe i'll try to get in a couple of a couple of couple of runs on the slopes but very low-key very low-key yeah oh good good um and one one thing that i oh i had uh christmas carols on um yesterday uh, so the kids were over and and you know we had some carols going and particularly this year i don't know about you steve but for me there's always like a christmas carol of the year and about you know a few years ago i was in hawaii um and late november early december and you know we were there for thanksgiving which i think is an awesome holiday um and uh you know, anything that's about food and bringing people together like help me in but um uh and then obviously you know being the us like soon as as thanksgiving's done christmas happens um and uh but yeah like everywhere everywhere in hawaii it was melakalikimaka um as the uh, uh as like the, oh, the carol right. everywhere so i'm like and, and so yeah. melakalikimaka became like the christmas carol of the year and then a few years earlier like i don't know there was like you know right there's usually like a a, a one christmas carol that becomes like that one for the year and for me uh I'm, i was sort of being being listening being aware of it and what it's going to be and yesterday i was getting something ready and and judy garland's version of have yourself a merry little christmas came on and i don't know normally i'm like meh, meh. that probably makes me a bad gay um judy garland's like come on speed it up judy like let's let's get it let's let's get it done but there was something about it that I, I started actually really listening to it. And there's that line in there, the lyric, you know, through the years, uh, we, uh, may we, um, what is it? 
Uh, someday Through the years we ought to be together. Yeah, and someday soon we all will be together, if the fates allow. Until then... Um, goosebumps. Yeah, right? It's so apt for 2020. If the fates allow, yeah. until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a merry little Christmas now. So, Judy, I'm like... How did you make me... Huh? How did you make me cry in this interview? Oh, God. <sighs> Good. <laughs> right? Right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I... Yeah, that's it's so perfect for this for this messed up year. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, if the fates allow, but someday soon, someday soon, we will all be together. As always, if the fates allow, and until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So, Steve, listener, viewer, if you celebrate Christmas wherever you are in the world. Let's muddle through somehow until we can all be together and work back towards our new normal. So, Steve, thank you so much. I didn't mean to make you cry at the end there. Um, right, at the, right at the end. Well, at least I didn't go through the whole interview with, with my eyes puffy and red. So at least there's that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you very much for having me it's been wonderful um, and oh before i do before i wrap it like wrap it up like and say goodbye and so, steve how can people find you there is going to be a link in the in the episode description as there is in the blog post but uh, how can people find you and your awesome work so you can follow me on instagram at what is my instagram steven seidel wellness um, I have a Facebook page along the same lines that you can also follow at Steven Seidel Wellness. But honestly, what I'm discovering is I connect and people connect with me better just through my normal Facebook page, which is Steven C. Seidel, I believe. And then my, my website is stevenseidel.com. And that sort of gives you an overview of who I am and what I do and how to get a hold of me. So Yeah. And and listener viewer, if you're not following already, uh, he does some re like does some does lots of really great thought provoking content um, that I get a lot of value from already. Um, and uh, always makes me think good for a laugh uh, and makes me not um, feel like I am such a, uh, alone in my coffee feedness, uh, yet that, that, and don't forget every once in a while, there's shirtless coffee picks too. So if there's, if, if you get nothing more out of it than that <laughs> and, and listener viewer, he's fit, let's just say that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, 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 it always, uh, you know, um, manages to, to, uh, to, to go, huh, for me. Um, so I'm just trying to stop this. I'm trying to stop the scroll a little bit is all I'm trying to do with that. So. Right. Right. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, you know, stop, um, stop for the image, stay for the, uh, uh stay for the message, message. And, and the message, yeah. the message is always good. So Steve, thank you. Thank you so thank much. Um, uh, it's a joy in my work to, um, be able to to 
well, meet and uh, interact and, and um, well, get to know people like you and, and connect with people like you. And it's an honor to um, introduce uh, my, my audience to you and you to my audience. Um, so thank you so much for joining uh, me for coffee. Thank you very much for having me. It, I, I feel just close to you in Denver as I did when I was just a lot closer to you living in Guam. But I don't. You've ducked over the bad side of the dateline. I know. I remember. I remember talking to you on the phone when we were both on the in the same day, but not anymore. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. Get back. But, over, get back over this side. But thank you. Thank you very much for having me, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Thank you so much. Let's muddle through somehow, right? We'll get there somehow. All right. So, listener, um, as we say goodbye to Steve, I want to say Merry Christmas to you, uh, and I hope that you stay well, stay safe, uh, and are kind. Uh, and I say be kind to yourself and to those around you as you um experience christmas this year thank you so much and i will see you in 2021 all right thanks so much all sounds that you heard in this episode were recorded at prefab eatery on jesse street wellington all views expressed in this episode are my own and are intended to support challenge and inspire gay men to consider the issue of loneliness and increase awareness of the need for authentic connection with themselves, with others and their communities as an antidote to loneliness. They are not intended to, nor should they, replace the advice of a licensed helping professional. Please consult the resources page on my website, thelonelinessguide.com, if you feel that you need the services of a licensed helping professional. Thanks for listening.